Mayung Buntag. Brothers and sisters, it is such a privilege to be back here. Um, you guys are really uh, precious in the Lord's sight, and uh, I feel that in His heart, to my heart. I, you know, there's a uh, just a deep love. I want you to know that you are loved by God this morning. That He sees you this morning, and just like these beautiful songs, they're actually really fitted in well with. Because I was praying, I was like, what? Do you want to bring, Lord God? Because we're just vessels. But what do you want to bring in terms of your life, your truth? And you notice in the worship, we spoke a lot about freedom. We spoke a lot about not being alone, that God is with us. We spoke about the fact that we've been given the freedom to rejoice. The joy of our salvation is in Christ Jesus, right? And uh, I'm excited because I believe there's a word for you guys. For all of us as brothers and sisters that I believe will take you to the other side. What I mean by that this morning is God has a message for you regardless of where you are this morning. He's taking you to the other side. He's taking you to his promises. Now, for some of you, you may be thinking, well, I'm not sure about that right now where I'm at. Brother Wood, I'm not sure that what you're talking about really is happening in my life. But I want to encourage you that this morning, if you're willing, if your heart is open to the Lord because of his love, not because he's got hit, that he's tough, but because he has so much in store for you, your families, your marriages, your future, that he's going to bring it to fruition today. Amen? Do you believe in the word of God? So we're going to break down the word because this isn't with wise and persuasive words. It's with the truth that we speak. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Salamat gino for Karuna for this new day. Bagongat lao, Lord God, that you've given us. I just ask, Lord God, that as we worship you in spirit and in truth this morning, that you would be glorified. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Let your word, Lord God, cut through our hearts today, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that only in you and in your presence are we truly alive and free. Father, so we submit our heart, our mind, our bodies, and our souls to you afresh this morning as we break down your living word today, Lord God. Let it bring forth fruit, and let it bring forth fruit in its abundance today. Just thank you for this church. I thank you for the families represented here. I thank you for the light that you are shining in this community through your people, your children, your sons, your daughters, right here in Jade Valley, Lord God. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, your kindness, your mercies that follow us each and every day of our lives. Help us, Lord God, to see you for who you are today and to know who we are in your sight today. Amen. Amen. Okay. Today, I want to, I was, I was thinking, man, what do we talk about with you guys? I feel like we have, we've been through some things together. I know I'm kind of a newbie in your community, but I feel like you know, when you go through things together with somebody, there's a bond that's deeper than when you just meet somebody. You know, and we had the honor and the privilege of walking through the valley of the shadow of 
mud, <laughs> through the valley of the shadow of flood, through the valley of the shadow of broken homes, but God, but God. And so when we have that together, there's something of a bond, and I believe that God wants to encourage us to go deeper today. And, it, and, and I also believe He's given me a warning to help us to see in our team throughout the last couple of weeks, there's been a theme of knowing how to see. What do you see and how do you see it? Throughout the Word of God, there's so many examples of the disciples, of the followers, seeing things but not seeing God in those and through those. And today I want to encourage you that there's hope and there's light. There's a story about the complaining Israelites when they're walking uh, with Moses. This is out of Numbers chapter 11. And I want to start with this passage of Scripture um, because I believe it will give us context, like a, a foundation to talk about our lives today. Okay, so in Numbers chapter 11, uh, I'm going to start reading from verse 1. Soon, so remember, they've been through stuff. They've been through trials. They've walked through the flood, literally. They've walked through rivers, dug up the trenches together. Okay, they'd seen God working in their lives. But listen to how chapter 11 begins. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship. And the Lord heard everything they said. You know that song we just sang? I am not alone. You know, you are here with me. You know, all of that. We can sometimes believe that easier when we're just worshiping and it's a good time. And when we're speaking life. Do you know that you are not alone when you're complaining and grumbling? He is here with you when you're moaning about your current state. He's still here. God is everywhere. I want you to just keep that in mind as we read the story because we can all fall prey to this mindset. And the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage some of the people. There was a consequence for the grumbling spirit. Then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tabera, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Verse 4, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. The foreign rabble. Isn't that an interesting picture? What foreign rabbles? Sometimes, do you know what a, a foreign entity is? Something that doesn't really belong there. And a rabble is uh, it's something that doesn't bring peace. It's like there's a rabble, a, a, a rabble of youth, there's a gang of youth, or there's a bunch of folks that don't really belong here and they're changing things. I want you to hear me when I'm reading the scripture, ask the Lord, because the word cuts deep. Why? Because he wants us to be set apart, to be holy, just like we sang, purify my heart. I choose to be holy. We have a choice this morning to be holy. Not because of circumstance, but because we have the freedom that Christ has given us
to choose to be holy. But there are rebels. There are, I don't even know how to say that, foreign rebels like invaders. What are the invaders in your life currently that's pointing you away from that which God has actually ordained and given? Listen to what happens. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. What's Egypt represent? The past, where they came from. When they were actually in slavery, bearing in mind they had gone through troubles together and seen God's faithfulness, but yet they were influenced by foreign entities, things around them that they had allowed. I'm, 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 I hope, now I picture, can you see the picture in our lives sometimes? We allow certain foreign practices, certain foreign friendships, certain foreign communities, certain foreign mindsets, certain foreign heart sets, certain foreign past experience, certain, these things are not who you are. God said, you are a new creation. The old is what? Hanging around the corner waiting? No, the old is gone. But when we allow those foreign things to influence us and to start giving us cravings that are not holy, what happens? It takes their eyes off the Lord. And, and the title of my sermon this morning is coming in a minute, straight out of this passage of Scripture. And the people of Israel also began to complain because these foreign influences started to pull them, started to take their eyes off God. And so they began to complain. Let's pause for a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, have I got a thankful heart or a complaining heart today? I'm not talking about the circumstance. I'm not talking about your need. I'm just talking about your heart. What state is your heart in? Because where your heart is at is where your treasure is. Where your treasure is at is where your eyes are set. You don't look at non-treasure. You look for treasure, right? If you're going gold hunting, you look for gold. You don't look for rocks. You may see the rocks that point towards gold, but you're looking for treasure. Where is your heart at this morning? So the Israelites got also, listen to the words, began to complain. Okay? Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Oh, back in the day, or just last week, last month, last year, I had X, Y, and Z. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. They're starting to look at what there was in slavery as though they were in freedom. It started to twist the very things that they were saved out of. The very pit of hell that we were saved from. If we don't have our hearts right and pure can start to look like they were our days of freedom. The world wants to draw us away. Those foreign entities, the rebels in our life, want to take, to steal, to kill, and to destroy the truth which is you are free, you are a son, you are a daughter, you are going to the promised land. This whole chapter is leading up to heading out to the land flowing with milk and honey. And they'd experience, like you and I, moments of absolute joy and freedom in the Lord. But yet, they allowed things to creep in. 
We remember the fish. And we had all the cucumbers. They start to go into detail. We remember the cucumbers. I remember the bulag, the pancit, the bagoong, whatever it is. Man, I remember the taste. Oh, that was so good. Do you remember the lechon we used to eat? Grabe, the fat was... What are you talking about? They start to remember the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic that we wanted. But now, here's the sermon title. Our appetites are gone. I am less than I was before. Do you notice? But now, who I was is no longer who I am. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. But you've got your eyes wrong. You're still thinking that that was when you were free. You were a slave to Pharaoh. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave and headed to death. But by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, you are free. And there is a glory that's way more. But the problem is we forget to look at the right places. And this is what happens. Right? So, but now our appetites are gone. Basically, but now I'm no longer who I was. I used to be more guapo, more handsome. I used to be loved by everyone. Now I'm hated. They say I'm that Christian boy or that Christian girl. Oh, I'm trying to remain holy and pure in my marriage or in my thought life. And my friends are hating on me saying, you're nonsense. You're so much less than you used to be. You used to be cool, man. You used to eat any bulad you wanted to, any time you wanted. Now you're restricting it. But why? Because you know you've been saved. And this is what happens. This is the grumbling note. And I'm saying this in love, ladies and gents, because I'm saying this to myself. Would beware how you see where you're at. Beware of those little foreign rabble, the little things that creep up on us until we lose sight of who we are. That's its whole purpose. He wants to steal our identity. He wants us to go back to a reminisce way back in the time when we thought we were free, but actually when we were in that moment, can you remember how you were crying out to the Lord? Save me. Heal me. Right? All we ever see is this manna. I'm going to stop there. Sermon title. All I ever see is this manna. What do I mean by that? All I ever see, God, is just what you provided for me. And it's boring now. I'm impatient. I want to go across to the other side. I want to taste the fruit right now. My friends are tasting fruit. Why can't I? You hear those little foreign thoughts coming in. Let me ask you this morning, church. Are you knowing, understanding what you're hearing and seeing it for what it is? Because the problem is you can fall prey to it without realizing until a brother or a sister says, my friend, God loves you. You are a new creation. You do not need to go back to Egypt because you have a hope and a future in him. You can trust him in the midst of this storm. Do you know that? We see this in the New Testament with the disciples. They even thought Christ was a ghost. They were so disturbed by the waves on the boat 
that when Jesus walked on the water, they said, ah, it's a ghost. They had lost sight of their Savior. They had misunderstood the very vessel, the truth that set them free. They misunderstood it. Why? Because they were racked in fear. They were racked in things of the past. They were listening to those foreign thoughts, that rabble. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And with whom are you traveling? Big questions. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And with whom are you traveling? Who is your tribe? Who are you truly listening to? Because the problem is when those foreign rabbles started to talk about their cravings, the Israelites fell to the same prey. And they too started to go, well, actually, that's a good point. I should be happy. You ever heard this? You should be happy. You should love yourself. Who's, who, who goes on Facebook here? Don't lie. God watches. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. That's the first place of being free. Right? What does Facebook or any social media point to? You get your joy first, ladies. Men, you get your happiness first. You serve yourself first. Servant leadership, he's laid down his life. The ultimate picture was he died for us when we didn't deserve it. Now, that's the complete opposite. But the world says, hey, you should love yourself first. Don't you remember? Don't you see how happy things can be if you would just succumb and become what you were before? Which when you peel it open and shine the word, that's why it's a lamp unto your foot. Step by step, day by day, it's a lamp for your foot. Why? Because he knows we need it every single step. Not just because we know where we're going. We can start well, but we can fall apart on the way. So you may find yourself today, I started well, but I'm in the midst of the storm and the seas are raging at me. The foreign entities are speaking to me and not just speaking, but they're starting to reshape me back to the old self. They're starting to take the truth of the freedom that Christ paid for on the cross and twisting it to the point where we're looking at the Christ as though he's the ghost, the very thing we should fear. God says, come on to me. There's no fear in his presence today. It doesn't matter where you're at. In fact, Jesus said, don't be scared. Take courage. I am here. Take courage. Folks, today, if you find this part a little bit scary, okay, because I'm doing it in love, but actually take courage. Christ's words, not mine, not your pastor's. He says, take courage for I am here. We've been singing about it. Problem is, sometimes we forget the flip side of these songs. He's still with us when we're behind closed doors. He's still with us when our thoughts are. He's still with us when we put up a brave front face. He's with us behind that face. But God says, do not fear. Because I will tell this song, be still. And the seas were calm. And they were amazed. Like, duh. He just fed like a gazillion people with like a couple bullets and five bits of uh, bread. You forgot? Here today, I feel like I want to remind you and I, let us not forget where God has brought us from. And then let us reset our focus on where he's taking us.
Does that make sense? Because if you let this truth sit today and grow in your heart and your spirit, you will leave today with a fire in your belly because it's the truth that sets us free. Those shackles that are trying to pin you down will break in Jesus' name. Restore to me the joy of salvation. There is meant to be joy in our lives. What happens when we look at the non-truth is it steals your joy. You can put it on. I can just... You can pretend to put on a happy face, but God knows it's not true. Be real. There is no fear in his presence. He said, come in. There's an invite. He says, come, I've prepared a table for you, just for you. In the midst of your enemies, I've prepared it. And all you got to do is look at me. Don't look left, don't look right, look at me. I stand in the gap between my father and your sin. I stand in the gap and say you are paid for. When the lie comes and says, well, you're a you've lost anyway. You're tainted. You're used goods. I believe some of you here today feel like, I'm not worthy. I'm a used item. Ukai, ukai, many, many times. I keep washing myself, I get dirty. I wash myself, I get dirty. I wa and then I'm washing myself in dirty water. And I find myself in this place. God says, look at me. I prepared a table for you and me. It's romantic. God wants us to walk in love because he loves us. It's, I love that song. I never heard that before. It's my choice to sing and dance and to celebrate. I've been given the choice. Today you have a choice. Do you want to walk in truth or walk in that lie? So what you feed yourself is where you're going to end up. So today I'm tackling three things, your mind, body, and your soul. It says they're to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. How do we do that? We put on the mind of Christ, the mediator. We ask God, Lord, transform me from the inside out. I want to trust you. I don't want to just experience a good time in faith and then walk away. You see, the, the Israelites were complaining. And God was like, come on, what is up with these guys? But when Moses complained, there's a very different way he complains. You see, he didn't complain about what he wanted. Oftentimes when we come into our prayer closet or in worship, God, I need whatever it is, finance. I need breakthrough in my marriage. I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. Moses, when he complained, I want to explain to you, there, there's a good way to, if I could dare to say, complain to the Lord. Because I see in Scripture where God doesn't just smite him. And God doesn't go, Psh, what are you talking about? No, he, he listens. You see, God says, I, I listen to Moses. I speak to him and he sees me in my true likeness. There was such a, a bond with God and Moses. Study the way Moses walked with the Lord. Because you know what? We have an even better deal today. God lives in us. 
So he's with us every day. When I wake up, when I go to bed, he's with us. This is how Moses approaches God. Because I want to give you an outlet. Because I'm not saying, hey, walk around in life going, da, 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 da. I got nothing to worry about. No, there's a way that you can approach God that's godly, that's righteous. This is how Moses approaches God in verse uh, 12. Moses is getting frustrated. These, these people are complaining, God, what am I going to do? He gets to this. Did I give birth to them? He's really ranting. I mean, seriously? It's not even my fault, this situation. Today, you may be in a place where you're thinking, it's not even my fault that I'm in here. It's not even my fault that I'm stuck in this situation. Whatever the Holy Spirit's highlighting in your heart. Did I bring them into this world? It's not my fault. Somebody else brought them into the world. It wasn't me. But I'm suffering. Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? Why are you giving me this responsibility? Why is it, you know, the picture of a mother and a nursing baby is, is very intimate. I'm talking about intimate things here today, guys. God is interested in those details. Not just about the big picture, but those things that matter to you matter to Him. But He wants you to open your eyes and see Him. So this is how he approaches God. And I want to encourage you and I today to do the same. How can I carry them to the land that you swore to give their ancestors? He went back to what God told him. Now, if you are frustrated in your situation, let it fire up your spirit in a righteous manner. God, you said... I'm not complaining here about my life. I'm saying, you called me into this place. You said, help me in this situation. He's not saying, God, just take it from me. God, just remove me from this situation or remove the situation. Moses spoke from what God had said. Now, let me ask you a question. What has God said? Where have you been? Where have you come from today? Use that as your remembrance if it's hard. If you don't know what God has said, today is a day that you can receive that word. I believe that. If your heart is open to Him. Right? God, Moses reminded God, how am I going to carry into the land that you swore to give their ancestors? He wasn't asking for himself. He was asking for them. You see, the moment we realize I'm okay with the Lord, we can start praying blessing over those around us that's, that hurt us. Those that are around us, it is not your fault. When you're walking in the fullness of truth, that's when you can say, you said that you're going to set them free. If that's what God has said, then you can pray that in line with the truth. And then he carries on, where am I supposed to get a meal for them, etc.? Give us meat to eat. He does lose it a little bit because God said, okay, I'm going to send them all this meat, right? And then Moses is looking at the circumstance 
And the circumstance is this. But Moses responded to the Lord, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. God, do you see the circumstance I'm in? Do you see the depth of the hole I'm in? And yet you said you're going to provide for this moment? You're going to pull us out? I mean, I'm just saying. Can you hear your own voice in this? Isn't the word amazing because it's so real? We're reading something out of numbers. Written, I don't even know how many hundreds of years ago. And yet it's so relevant to today. Why? Because it's a living word. And if you allow it to penetrate your heart today, you will walk free. Because that's what the word says. Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, he starts to put God into his own mind. I've got, you know, goats and cows. If I just got rid of everything I have, it's still not enough, God. Would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? He's basically saying, it's just impossible. How does God respond? Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? I feel for some of us today, we're doubting God's power. Because of circumstances that I just highlighted. They're not even your fault. This ain't even my baby. This isn't even my issue. But yet it's right here in the midst of my heart. And it's stealing my joy. But God says, is my arm lost its power? Of course not. Because we know how the story continues. And he does provide the quail. To the point where just, there's too much quail. And... Uh, I'm going to jump a little bit forward here. So then we get into the guys that went to scope the land out. Okay? They were sent out to scout. That's why I was asking you this morning. Do you know where you're going? If you don't, that's okay. Because God wants to minister and say, hey, sit with me. You know when you sit and have dinner... It's not nice if you're going to sit and have dinner and then you start talking about plans right away. You want to enjoy the meal. You want to chill. You want to grab a drink. You're going to enjoy the food. You're going to savor each flavor. You're going to talk to each other. God says, today's a day when I welcome you. Come back if you found yourself lost. Come back if you've forgotten how powerful I am. Come back if you've even lost your own identity. Come back if you've even lost your faith in believing that he's going to heal your family, your marriage, your home, your workplace, your body, your friendships. Have you forgotten? Have you said, God, maybe you're not strong enough? And it's a very honest place for us to come to. And that's okay. In fact, that's what God wants. He doesn't want us to continue walking and stumbling and pretending. He says, I've come to give you life in its abundance, right? He says, take courage, I am here. His love is here. So when they went out to scout the land, a, a set of people, this was the report, and I want to show you two ways to see things, depending on how you see things. Does that make sense? So one group of people went out into the land. 
the same groups that had experienced things together. That's why you can have one person and the next one and they see things totally different though they experienced the same event in life. Can you witness with that, right? I want this to make sense. So this is the report of the first group. This was their report to Moses after they went out, right? They scouted the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the future. We entered the land you sent us to to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. They're like, yes, it's beautiful. I agree. It's, it's wonderful. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. They even managed to get some of the fruit from the land. They, they experienced some of the harvest of the promises of that land. They were touching on things of God, but not fully immersing themselves in God during that touch. Does that make sense? They were holding on to the fruit of the promise of the Lord, but they weren't seeing the Lord in it. They were just seeing the fruit. Because this is the difference. They're holding the fruit in one hand, but the people living there are powerful. And then they were freaking out in fear in the other hand. Does that make sense? They weren't seeing what God had shown them. They weren't remembering what God had pulled them through. They weren't remembering whom God had transformed them from and into. They were still thinking about themselves. They were no longer looking at God. They just looked at the fruit and it's so easy to be drawn by fruit. That's why God says, come to me, not come to my fruit, not come to, come to me. Seek me first and my righteousness. Then all of these things. Then there's a pattern. They were going for the, all of these things first. That's what they were seeking. And so when they sought the, all of these things first, the fruit of what God had promised, and they even touched it a little. They, they started to fear. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Filipinos. Giant Anaks. Giant children. But they were calling in fear. I love the next bit, right? Caleb in verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He was almost jealous of like, shh. Don't, you're reporting it all wrong. What's wrong with you? What did you see? You're even holding the fruit. See, we can be holding on to the very things God has given us and yet not know that God is with us. We can still live in fear. We can still have the old you hanging around even though we're experiencing some of the fruit of the new you. It's very real in life, right? So Caleb's like, what? Let's go at once to take the land. That's his report. Very different look, right? We can certainly conquer it. Ver uh, chapter 14. I'm going to read the report that comes from Caleb and from Joshua. Because this is how I want you and I to see and to understand. The two men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jepune, tore their clothing. They were so like, ah, what is wrong with you guys? 
God, help us. Have mercy on us. My brothers are just not there. It's so, I, I can taste the fruit, but they don't see God in it. They just see the circumstance. All they see are the waves. All they're hearing are the naysayers. They're hearing the, the foreign entities speaking. And so instead of seeing their, the joy in their salvation in Christ, they saw a ghost. I'm paraphrasing here to the New Testament. They see Christ as the ghost rather than the Savior as He walks on water. All because their eyes were set wrong, because their hearts were not in the right place. This is how they saw it, right? So they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. So they're like, yes, they're right. It is wonderful. And, if, and this is how, this is where the difference is. This is where their heart is. And there's no fear in this. They're just trying to express how they see things. Verse 8, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. Do you notice he didn't say, we're going to go into the land and get it right away. He said, if the Lord is pleased with us. Basically, what does God look at? The heart. Man looks at the outside. God is looking at your hearts. It's not looking for the, for the outward, like the fruit that you can tangibly see and show off to your friends. God is pleased when our hearts are in love with him. That when our hearts are pure and holy, set apart, purified with fire, in the quiet place and behind closed doors, that's when the pleasure of the Lord is at its greatest. When you're alone on a computer, that's when the pleasure of the Lord is at greatest, when you choose Him and not your eyes to be filled with something that is not holy. When you're with certain friends and you're choosing holiness, that's when His pleasure is on us. Then that's when you can walk upright. If God is pleased with us, then we got this. Now, if He's not pleased with us, maybe pause for a minute and reconsider what we're doing. And let's get our eyes back and repent. Get straight. Can you see the picture here? You can walk in freedom when you're freely living with your heart fully to God. No closed corners. If he shines a light on it, just say, yes, Lord. This is what they said. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. Do you notice what, how he says it again? He doesn't say, don't be afraid of the people of the land, guys. You got this. Joey, you got big muscles. You can do it. You can take one of those guys. Bro, you're fast. You could get them. No, he says, look, do not rebel against the Lord. He's weighing it up. He's putting the balance right. He's basically saying you're rebelling against the Lord in a nice way. You want to win a battle? Well, when we win a battle, let's not rebel against the Lord, then it's promised. But really what he's saying is, stop being so rebellious. Say that to yourself. Ah, oh yeah. Would stop being so rebellious. They are only helpless prey to us when we are set right before the Lord. 
If God is for us, then who can be against? That's when we can truly walk in that freedom. People want to walk in that freedom without giving fully into their heart being submitted to God. Right? They have no protection. Now he's getting big. If your heart is right before the Lord, man, they got nothing on you, brother. They got nothing on your marriage. He cannot steal it. Can't take your business, can't take your future. Your future is secure if you're not rebelling against the Lord, right? You're right. You, you know that. Only between you and the Lord, behind closed doors. You, you, you've opened up your heart fully and submitted. Good. Then you're good. Then you can walk and go, I'm good. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because God is with me. He says, do not fear. I am here. Take good courage. Right? You see the balance. But if there are those things that are stealing from you today and taking and bringing you back into Egypt, in your own Egypt, then today is the day of your salvation. Say, God, I repent. I come back anew. Don't be afraid of them. That's how he ends his statement. He tells them, hey, if the Lord is pleased with you, if you haven't rebelled, then you're good. Today, let me ask you this question. Again. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And with whom are you traveling? Because whoever you're traveling with will determine where you end up. I didn't say the destination. Are you traveling with God? Can you truly say that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you when you're sitting down and standing up every bit? Because if He is, He's going to take you across the water like He did with the disciples. He's going to take you to the promised land because it's already won. Take courage. He's with you. So today, guys, my message, I hope, is simple. But I pray that as you let it dig into your heart, the Holy Spirit will reveal areas where you can walk in complete freedom. God isn't interested in halo halo, ukai ukai, mix mix, half and half. He wants to give you the whole shebang. He says, all the heavens, everything. I have a place prepared for you. You have a hope in the future. Right? Don't grow weary. Don't be fooled. And don't blame it. Because, well, it's not even my fault that I'm here. But it's your choice. God is giving you a choice today to walk in freedom, to walk in love, to be able to bless those enemies if they are those in your life. And watch what God will do. Because then he says, don't be afraid. You got this. The, the land is promised. It's secure. When God says it, it's done. He said it on the cross. It is finished. He completed his work. We are completed works of Christ if we believe and if we walk in purity and holiness. If we allow our minds to be transformed by the renewal be putting on the very mind of Christ. Amen? 
So it says this. I'm going to open this up because I believe this would be, brother, is it okay if we are, uh, might be a good chance to, if you want to meet with the Lord or come up, would love to pray with you, agree with you. God is here, right? You know, if you could just touch that hem of his garment, power will flow. But it's not just that. He's saying, I am here. I'm getting in your boat. You can walk on water today. Because <laughs> Christ in us. Right? So, I want to encourage us, guys. Because it all goes from where? From our heart, right? The treasure is here. That's what God is most important. That's what he wants. That's it. Set apart and holy. Let me read this scripture. This psalm was actually written after David fell with Bathsheba. Okay? And it's interesting. If you understand that perspective in Psalm 51, this is what he prays. Have mercy on me, God. I don't know if you want to play as we read this, brother. Um, just, just do your guitar. Or... I want you guys, when I read this, to listen um, to what the voice of the Spirit of God is saying to you. Okay? Because I, I believe together we will walk and see the promised land in our city, in our homes, in our families. But it starts today in our hearts. So as I read this, and if you want to read it yourself, in your own translation, it's in Psalm chapter 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. As we worship now, I know that these words of David ring in our hearts. It rings in mine. Meet with the Lord. 
Start afresh today. As we worship together, guys, if you want to pray, we are more than willing uh, to pray with you. Our team can pray. You can pray for one another. Fall in love with Jesus over again this morning. Fall in love with Him. See Him for who He is. Come and sit at the table He's prepared for you this morning. He loves you. You are loved today. Come back to the Father.